Hey guys, what's up? This is another episode of Gravely Unusual Lives. Um, we have a really awesome guest. Um, I'm hosting solo today because uh, my co-host Nat is not able to be here today. He was actually in the Nashville tornado, so he's dealing with all that right now. So it's just me, um, but we send his regards. Uh, he wishes he could be here. But um, yeah, I want to talk about our guest. We've got a really cool guest, our first guest actually on the show. So um, it is Anthony Cleveland, a comic book writer, uh, writer of Show's End and Stargazer, which is coming out in May, correct? Yeah, May. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, uh, six. Great. Can't wait. Um, guys, I actually uh, got to read the first issue of Stargazer, and it's very, very cool. Um sci-fi aliens trippy um if you it reminds me of like fire in the sky or something along those lines but um anthony i'll I'll let you uh come in and talk a little bit introduce yourself uh tell us what's going on man how you doing sure sure yeah man hey uh first off man i'm bummed mass not here um that sucks about the tornado um i've been reading about that so Thoughts and everything with him. Thank you. I hope everything's okay. Um, Stargazer. Uh, uh, a lot of that came from, I guess, 90s fear with UFOs. And, uh, you know, if you grew up in the 90s, you got a lot of that stuff. X-Files, Unsolved Mysteries. And uh, I think a lot of Stargazer came from that. So Stargazer is about um, four friends in the 90s. Um all thinking they were abducted by UFOs or suspecting they were abducted by UFOs and um, kind of like it, you know, getting called back to that story 20 years later and uh, finding out the reality of it or uh, at least the truth of it. And uh, yeah. I I got this like, um, it's weird. I don't know. Uh, I kept thinking Dreamcatcher for some reason as I was reading the first issue because it's like there was like this event, you know, in Dreamcatcher, and there was like this kind of character that kept them all together. And if I'm not mistaken, Kenny is the character, correct? Um, yeah, there's yeah. actually a lot of parallels to that. And now that I'm thinking about it, uh, I mean, I, I pulled definitely from Stephen King, um, but I was looking mostly closer to it. And yeah, Dreamcatcher is a lot closer to it because uh, I, I don't remember, I barely remember the movie. Um, but yeah, that character is also special needs and the character that unites them in Stargazer is also special needs. I, I thought um, that was, um, I just, I, I kept getting those vibes and definitely a Stephen King vibe. I, I love it, man. Um, the nineties kind of fear with all those shows coming out. Um, I totally get that. Like the staying up late and getting scared to death as a kid watching unsolved mysteries or any of those old UFO shows. And, you know, I, like I think we've talked about this before, like on Twitter, maybe just some brief discussions about um, the the alien thing. You know, it's it really yeah. it really was terrifying to be a kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, for me, it was I, I couldn't tell. Um, it, it blended together so well, especially if you're watching the Cops X Files crossover. I don't. Did you see that? No, no, I didn't even. Yeah. Oh wait, oh, yes, I man. did. I think I think I did. Yeah, I remember seeing that episode actually. There was uh, so much of that in the 90s where yeah. it was like you couldn't tell 
unsolved mysteries would do like a, like a straight serial killer story and then tell you this crazy ufo story and it would just blend together so well the the, the uh x-files cops crossover was a cops episode but the x-files you know folks were inside of that it, it just everything crisscrossed so well they did the uh mcpearson's tape the the found footage movie that's the one we talked about on twitter yeah and uh yeah, they, they redid it and released it on Fox, and they called it Incident in Lake County. I'm from Lake County, Indiana. So that's, I thought that was all straight. I thought that was real. I thought aliens actually came to Lake County, Indiana as a kid, and uh, people are shooting shotguns at them. It's weird um, being, you know, uh, I'm kind of Midwest myself, Eastern Kentucky. So, I mean, it's like right on the, the edge of that. And, you know, there is a lot of, I remember hearing stories as a kid, like, like my dad would be like, I remember this up on the hill up there. We just saw all these bright lights circling around, you know, and that, that hill was right behind our house. And I I live in that neighborhood still. So I look at that hill every night. I'm like, man, like imagine being scared of that, you know, and then hearing that as a Mm -hmm. kid, it's terrifying. And, you know, we have a lot of strange things uh, that happen. Like it's a small town. So it's got this very, I don't know. I always say it's like a Twin Peaksy vibe here. There's all these like just crazy things happen in this town. But um, do you remember when that that big meteor happened like over Russia like a few years ago? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was like a similar incident here in Kentucky. And I remember me and my friends, we were all driving home from work. I didn't personally see it, but I, I read about it. That night, I was like, man, I can't believe I fucking missed that. But my friend Kyle said he was on the road, just down the road, coming home from work, and said the whole place lit up blue. And he saw this giant blue fucking streak go through the sky. And he's like, this is it. This is the end. This is... He was like, yeah. we're fucked. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly what I would think. Like, it... You see stuff like that, like on the internet, like it's it's usually just an explosion. But like, man, you put color into it, purples and blues. Nah, no, nah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm tapping yeah, out. yeah, yeah. That that's also what I thought was interesting about um, Stargazers. The the color scheme is so it's so it's drastically different from which it's it's a different artist from Show's End. Um, mm-hmm. it, the color is just like it's like captivating like the whole time I'm like damn like I love the blues and the purples and it's did you have maybe did you have a hand in that or did you just let the artist kind of do his thing no I I passed it on and Matt Cave kind of did their thing with you know after I left and when I got back was everything I usually had off the Matt Cave comes back better than I could ever think it would be and it's it's very dreamy very Um, I love it man I I'm I'm so pumped to read the the following issues how many um how many issues is this going to be uh we are six six, six with this one yeah. awesome awesome yeah that, that i mean i i really i can't wait to hear what people have to say about it um which all i've seen have people talking about it's like really really good reviews and everyone's very pumped so yeah i'm excited too i'm excited to see what people have to say the, the like when i first read it like i was looking at the coloring and i'm like i'm thinking okay, so it's going to be this color for, you know, the flashbacks. You're going to find a pattern to it. And there's not too much of a pattern. It's that throughout. And that's going to be, for narratively, that's going to be fun for the readers to uh, 
discover on its own. There's no pattern. It's just uh, a lot like, I guess, organically, they're going to discover stuff. And I can't wait to see what they're going to say. It's definitely, I, I love the whole, the, it like kind of bounces back between these characters. And it's kind of, you can even already tell from the first issue that things are kind of coming together. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's very interesting. Um, what I, I want to ask is, uh, so have you ever had any kind of, you know, uh, paranormal experiences or anything that kind of maybe inspired this or just kind of kept your interest in the unusual or weird, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Uh, if there's any place I want to talk about, it, it's probably this podcast. <laughs> um because yeah like if anywhere else in there like they'll brush this shit off um no it's a lot and it cut it goes back to that incident lake county that i was talking about <clears throat> so i um i'll kind of ruin the story first um and not make it too mysterious i used to sleepwalk a lot um so um as a kid, uh, we used to have a lot of flashing lights around the house. We grew up in a kind of a bad neighborhood, so it was a lot of red and blue lights flashing through, you know, closed blinds. But uh, one time I had a dream where I got up and walked, went outside, went into the garage, opened the, you know, big garage door and opened up. And then there was a close encounter ship kind of above uh the neighbor's house and then a spotlight from that ship came down and shined on me and then the dream just you know ended and i woke up and i looked down and i was wearing the same clothes from that dream uh a white shirt black pants and you know a certain kind of socks um so that kind of stuck with me and for the longest time i thought i was abducted by aliens and you know like we were talking about earlier, the nineties didn't help with that at all no. to, discourage, <laughs> to discourage any of that. Um, so, um, man, there was just so much stuff that added up after that. I remember I had friends, we had a pool and like everybody would use us for our pool to come over and swim and like pretty much use us. They would just like, you know, jump in the pool, pretend to be want to hang out with us and just make their own corner and hang out there. And so one time I heard them talking about like just seeing lights over our house and I listened to the story and they told me to go away. And I'm like, I didn't tell anybody about, you know, the, the sleepwalking thing. Like at the time I thought I was completely, you know, taken away close encounters, everything like that. So I heard friends talking about lights over my house. I'm like, Holy shit. <laughs> at that point, like I, I uh, had a uh, Scholastics book I think I got from the book fair and like this one alien had a giant eye on it. So I took a stick and wrapped a needle around it with a handkerchief. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to poke this motherfucker in the eye if he comes for me <laughs> next time. So yeah, then after that, then I saw a preview on Fox uh, for Incident at Lake County, they called it. And that was the uh, McPherson tape uh, recut or whatever it was. And I'm like, done <laughs> i'm thinking like i'm thinking 100 percent. i've been abducted by aliens and i think that's a lot of where uh stargazer comes from is just that crazy crazy like 90s fear like we had mars attacks we had independence day x files all of that and i think i just absorbed all that media at the time and i think that's where that um 
uh, sleepwalking dream came from. And it took me a long time to realize I was sleepwalking. I think I uh, sleptwalked through the house and called my dad some bad words. And then he, conf- <laughs> he confronted me on it in the morning. And I realized, like, yeah, I was sleepwalking. And that's probably what the Elliot abduction thing was. So has Stargazer been a story that you've kind of... No, that was... Uh, or... No, that was... a. Uh, um, uh, Mad Cave IP. Everything that comes from Mad Cave is usually their uh, intellectual property. Yeah, they kind of pitched me the idea, and I put my take on it, and uh, we go from there. That's so really it's, cool. That's so they kind of like pitched you a thought, and then you just kind of created a story around this idea. But it kind yeah. of works for you because that's something that you're interested in as well. Yeah, I've been lucky enough that that's the way it's been going. Um, I'm on my third IP with them and everyone this is like, they, they, they're really good at matching up with ideas just from talking to you and seeing your background and what you're interested in and what you, the, the stories that you want to tell. Um, yeah. Mad K is a great place to be at. That's, that's really cool. And, um, I, I think you told me before, but, um, maybe like, I, I want to get a little bit of background into you as a writer. How, how did you get in touch with, um, mad cave exactly that was a talent search so i was just fortunate enough to uh put everything i had into a little short and they got picked up from that before that i was grinding in indie comics like really grinding (laughs) putting everything like you know working extra jobs to put a book out uh learning everything i could and uh doing shorts and things like that and Mad Cave was kind of uh, like if I didn't get into Mad Cave, I'd still be grinding. I'd still be keeping doing what you know, keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, shorts especially. I love doing shorts. I love doing horror shorts. That's my thing too, man. I've I have had, I've had like long, you know, drawn out stories that I've had in my head forever. Most of the time, they start off as like a film idea, <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah. well, I can just put it into a comic. But shorts, man, like they're just—I have so much fun with them because there's not a lot of, not a lot of background you have to do. You can just throw your characters into whatever you want, you know. Yeah, I have way more fun with shorts um, than anything else. I think that's, man. You read horror comics as a kid; it kind of sticks with you. Like I try to throw the easy, ironic endings. Yeah. From my writing, I can't do it. <laughs> I've tried so hard. Because it's so you see it all the time in all the, like these horror comics, and I, I I can't ditch it. I would like to see more writers try to ditch it and try to tell you know stories that are scary. Like uh, um, Junji Ito is pretty good with that stuff, and you actually dig into like the heart of um, something that's scary in a few pages. But like man, me, I want that twist ending. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just I don't know. I, I really want to get rid of it. I for, try for, for the, me. I try the twist ending, but I'm not I'm not good at that either. You know, I'm not good at honestly. I like I I don't even tell people I'm I'm like I'm not a writer. I'm just a, I make comics here and there. I write the scripts here and there because I have this little idea. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, and and like I'll write short stories and stuff too. But um, like I said, I don't I don't call myself really a a writer, but I have all these ideas. Um, uh, but like you were saying about the um. What what have you always wanted to make comics? You said you grind really hard with comics, you know, before Mad Cave. Um, yeah, I uh, did film. I wanted to. I went to school for uh, 
film or at least digital storytelling, I guess. I went to Ball State. They didn't have a film program, but it was video. And like, I always wanted to do pretty much movies. Um, and like film or even digital video is so expensive to do. And you rely on so many people to back you up on that. Like I couldn't get enough people to get together to start a D and D campaign, let alone a film. Dude, I, so I'm I've not... been doing the same thing, man. I can't get anyone to play D and D with me or anything like that. You know, I can't my whole life. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, and especially when you get older, it's a lot harder. Like American Movie, where Mark's trying to get everybody together to help him out. I just watched that, and I'm like, yeah, man, I can't get shit together right now. How am I going to do that when I'm 30 and everyone's got kids? Right. And so, I mean, it was just like, no. I got to depend on like you know myself and someone I'm going to pay for, one other person I can pay for, and that's how I switched to comics. But, but yeah, man, my heart's always been in film. It's just that's, there's I, too much there. I understand, and, and that's kind of what happened to me. You know, I, I, I read comics as a kid. I grew up reading comics my whole life. I mean, like I said, I've had my collection. I'm the same collection I've had since I was, like, 10 years old. Yep, same. And, yep. <laughs> you know, and but I've always wanted to do movies, too. But then you, I, one day I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to make a comic. And then that's how Gravely Unusual started. It started out as just a comic book story. And then we then we randomly interviewed James, R, James O'Barr at a convention, and I was like, Okay, we'll just do a magazine. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, so thank you for doing that. That yeah, was fun yeah. to discover everything. That that's been one of my favorite things to pick up. I still have number three to read, but it's been busy here. But yeah, yeah I, I totally two understand. and one are so much fun. Thank, so much thank fun. Thank you, man. I, I really appreciate it. And that's that's uh, it's really brought me back to comic books in a way that you know it that it, it's kind of I feel like there's a great new interest in comics especially a lot of indie stuff is coming out that's just just incredible these days you know even what you got like the magazine um like format that's coming back dc is doing black label i I noticed that i was seeing that too like there's it's there's definitely a lot of people doing magazines and it's weird like i just it's perfect timing i guess (laughs) yeah i really want that to come back like uh gore streak that's where uh Help me, uh, Greg Capullo got yes. started. Oh, dude, that. Gore Streak. I could just look at the covers all day. You know what yes. I mean? Exactly. Like, I want that to come back. I want Gravely Unusual to be like. It's there so funny you said Gore Streak because, like, the second issue, I wanted the cover to be just like Gore Streak, no, Gore Streak number two with, like, the hand with the teeth pulling the face in. Like, it's just those. It's like. I don't know, in like the 80s and late 80s and 90s, like it kind of just got so gory and crazy and everybody wanted yeah. to see so much fierceness in comics, you know? Yeah, I, I you should do, bring that you, back. You should do an homage cover. That's what I got to say. I, I would totally. I would totally. Down do the that. road. Down the road. Yeah. But like, man, I love all the covers I've been putting out. Like, I love everything you guys have been doing. Thank Especially you. the uh, uh, the pros, man. Like, it's it's so full. Your comic's so full. Thank you, thank you, man. I'm I'm really glad that, and and I appreciate that you being a part of it. And um, I, I think the third issue totally just came out really great, and uh, I've had a lot of people really like it. I'm actually uh, we're selling a lot, so um, I'm trying to like hold back and because we got a lot of conventions coming up this summer. So yeah, say uh, that. No, that's important. Definitely yeah. say that. Don't give them all away. That's where. Uh word of mouth kind of spreads especially coming from you guys looked like you got a lot more comics than this time is that what you guys are going to focus on yeah yeah for sure I, I definitely want to be more 
oriented in that. Um, but, uh, you know, I still want to, I still like to have like a, I'm still working on some interviews for the next issue. I always like to have like a big, you know, big seller, you know, that's what gets people that doesn't people that aren't interested in the comic book aspect, you know, like I had a lot of people buy it just for Joe Bob Briggs. I don't even really read comics, but that's cool yeah. because it gets a new audience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely get him back to, if you can, uh, maybe four or five issues from now. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun to see what he thinks about it. Which, yeah. That definitely. He's been heads. like, he's been like blowing up very, very much so in the last, you know, I mean, he was still always big, but after, you know, the last year or so, it's just totally, he's just went yeah, I mean, I guess he's got a spot in Fangoria now and everything, so. Yeah, I don't know where that, like, there, there's nobody, like, there's, I, I don't think there's any way that those folks watch all that stuff from TNT, Monster Vision, and it's still stuck around. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to, I'm happy that we got new folks in here, but I really don't think that's where that all came from. That's got to be word of mouth, uh, people telling about, you know, Joe Bob's stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so what's next? Do you have any, any plans like comic book wise, anything you're working on that, you know, that outside of Stargazer maybe that you are, you know, trying to push or, you know, trying to complete? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's always stuff in the pipeline. I'm, I don't want to be without anything. There's, uh, horror anthology. Some of the horror shorts have been featured in Gravely Unusual or one of the shorts, uh, so far, I've been in there, uh, issue three, and um, after that, there's a web comic that we're trying to get picked up called uh, Dream Space. It's pretty much like uh, we we call it cyberpunk light. It's about uh, the effects of advertisements and dreams. Just where we're kind of heading as a culture. Just that's really cool. It's like they live kind of meets exactly. Yeah, like that's like. I don't know. That's pretty crazy. Like they live means like matrix or something. Yeah. They live. I don't know. Akira, I guess that kind of world. It's so weird. Are you a, like a, a manga fan and yeah, yeah, big, big, big. I'm not, I, and not that I, I just don't even know where to start. I have so many friends that are, I have so many friends that are in, like you said, Junji Ito, the earlier, never read anything from, but I've seen so much cool artwork from it. And I've heard his Frankenstein is great. And, there's like so much stuff that is out there and I just don't even know where to start. Like I, I like Akira and I like, um, you know, I like Cowboy Bebop, of course, you know, I used to watch Toonami too, like as a kid, but there's so much good stuff out there. And I feel like I, I'm always like falling short. Everyone's talking about these cool animes. I'm like, dude, I don't even know what the fuck that is. You know? Yeah. Well, I'll convert you on that one. I'll, I'll pass over some, uh, links for you. Yes. Some if Amazon you have anything links. cool. Oh, I, I do like, uh, Demon City, um, is that what a Demon City Shinjuku? There's a couple. <laughs> I, there's yeah. like a million names. Like I, 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 I know the anime, but I haven't read the manga. Yeah, I just I've I've just seen the anime, and the anime is fucking badass. So I have it on DVD, yeah. and it like my friend let me borrow it. Um, and I put it on one night, and I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. Like this is the stuff I'm talking about. And like Vampire Hunter D is very yeah. badass. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff out there, but uh, yeah, like I'm always like someone give me some recommendations to start with i think what impresses me the most about that stuff it's 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 usually one person doing all of it that's like that's how japan usually does it it's not you know 
how we do it here. There's a letterer, colorist, yeah. illustrator, writer. It's it's one dude doing or one person doing all that stuff. That's nuts. And, and uh, I, I respect that. There's like not a lot of people that do that. I'm de- I'm definitely not capable of doing something like that. As much as I want to be, there's no way. That take a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of money, a lot of time. Yeah, it's hard enough to, for that. me to draw like. I've been trying to draw this, like this comic I've been telling you about. I've been like trying to, this big idea I've had forever. It's a, you know, a like a cop, like sci-fi, but like just like an old like 70s grindhouse movie. I've been trying to make a comic, comic of it. And I'm like, I can't draw. And I don't have the money to pay someone to draw this. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like what you're describing, if you draw it fun enough, you can do it. I'm trying to. I want to practice. I like, like I said, I'll I'll practice my ass off, and hopefully I can do. It. I have like characters, sketches, and everything, but it's just I don't. I have I have zero patience. You know what I mean? But if you're if you're if you're drawing something that's like Grindhouse, people aren't expecting, you know. Yeah. Hyper yeah. detailed stuff. Like you're gonna get away with a lot because people people understand Grindhouse, understand indie comics. Yeah. So this is me encouraging you to keep kicking ass on. I, I I will try my best, dude. Um. Well, it's, I, the, you know, it's you, a time thing, man. It's a time thing the most. You read a lot That's of underground comics, and you see that some of these artists, it's not that they're... It, they are exquisitely talented, but it's not that they're, like, you know, crazy detailed or anything. Like, you know, it's kind of cartoony. Like, you know, even Crum, uh, Robert Crum is an amazing artist, but he's got this goofy style. Or uh, Rich Tomaso, he's not really... He's he's a great artist, but he has this style that looks so simplistic, and you know he does it all himself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's storytelling too, man. If you can like, if you can't tell a story even in your panels, like Crumb stuff, usually, I'm looking at the art. His story is usually pretty off. Yeah, yeah, it, it's crazy. It's some it's of it very just, slow. Yeah, not doesn't really like he's drawing too much, or he's writing too much on the top of it. Really, like, when you read Crumb, you're looking at like this huge obese woman's big ass and a little guy riding it you know what i mean right right so uh, that's the thing and it's mostly just little funny quips like here and there like he'll have a really funny line you know but it like like you said it's not really focused on the storytelling and that's the thing like i i i'm definitely more of a storyteller i like the i like the i like stories to come full circle you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure and that's uh with dream space it's like we're not heavily focused on making hyper realistic art it's like it's cyberpunk light it's 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 dreamy and we want to make it dreamy and we want to make it like a web comic we want to make it light and what uh we're doing is like really nice it's online for free right now the first issue um i think it's purple draws at twitter um she's got it up and i got it up too just dm me yeah yeah but definitely i will definitely check that out after this it's uh it's nice to make something that's just feels angry, feels indie and uh, saying something that I don't think a lot of folks are saying right now. So when did, uh, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place, dude. Um, I'll catch up. (laughs) When did, uh, when did you like, how long you been working on focusing on comics? Like, you know, directly, Um, you know, four or five years really like i i wanted to make this one like i i put all my it sucks to say but i put all my heart into one story 
And I'm like, okay, if I could tell this any fucking way, how would I tell it? And I decided, like, I wanted to tell a story that would be simple enough I could make into a short, but I could also do it in a comic. The short didn't work out, and I said, okay, okay, well, I'll do a, a, a series if I can. So I did Silver Skin, which is a story about um, a brother who has a younger uh, brother uh, that special needs and who was bitten by a werewolf. And it's about the older brother taking care of um, uh, his brother. And that's a lot of what carried over to Stargazer is the same kind of dynamic. Um, but that's where it started. And Silver Skin didn't really work out. I learned a lot about what I need to do as a writer and how I need to talk to my illustrators and the illustrators I need to hire and trust into. And when that didn't work out with Silver Skin, uh, I kind of moved on to shorts and mostly focusing on like darker horror, I guess. And your shorts were, this guy's shorts were great guys. <laughs> it, I, I, those, those were badass, man. I had a lot of fun reading those. And I think there was a couple that were already snagged and I was like, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's something like, I, I hope to God I can still find a publisher to put those out someday, all of them out at once. If not, like, man, I'm going to go back and just do it all myself. Like, yeah, yeah. That's or reach out to Bravely Unusual to put out one of them. Yeah, oh, dude, I'm always, I, I'm hoping that for this next issue you can put something in it too. I got one for you. I need to pass it your way. No, no one's touched it yet. It's all, it will be all yours. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, because I'm actually like, I have had, I don't really get a lot of comic submissions. It's funny because I make, these you know connections yeah. with people and they're like hey man i got another comic for you like scott brian wilson and tom napolitano they're all like he's like hey i got this one for you and i was like okay i'm totally down to put that in here you guys are always welcome and same with you man like and if you notice like in a lot of the old like warren publishings and stuff it's like the same dudes putting out the same stuff every time yeah so yeah it's cool to find a nice collective yes um it would be, um, I wrote a comic about kind of summing up my couple of years as a coroner. I know it's not quite horror, but I think it would fit in. See, I want to know about that. You were a coroner yeah. before you started doing comics, right? Yeah, that was. I dropped being a coroner and told them I was going to write comics, and they laughed at me. <laughs> How did, like, okay, so how did you become a coroner? How do you even become to do that? Um, I was working at a methadone clinic that was also an inpatient short-term psych facility um, doing security. And one of the people that were connected to the coroner's office um, was a business partner to the security company. And they straight up asked me, like, how are you on dead bodies? Because they saw I was doing well. Uh, I was managing this both these sites, and I was doing well. And they asked me, you know, how I was on dead bodies. And I'm like, well, I've been doing pretty good at the other side, so I haven't had any dead bodies yet. <laughs> um, so, you know, we hit it off pretty well, and I went out for a couple of cases. And it's it's so weird how this job connects us to writing it's it's all telling a story it's picking up the pieces putting the puzzle together 
and just telling how this person lived for the last couple hours of their life, evidence gathering and things like that. And it's, it's, it's really all storytelling um, just to put together how this person died. That's, I, 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 that's I, crazy <laughs> that you just, I, and I've never, like you said, I've, not, I've never even, I've never even known what a, a coroner <laughs> really does, you know? It, it, it's our job to put together a timeline of what happened before the person died and how the person died. So it's evidence gathering. It's um, evidence gathering includes, you know, uh, pill bottles, what's on scene, documenting that. That's all evidence. Uh, documenting what you see. And then plus the autopsy. I don't do any of that stuff. I didn't do any of that stuff. But um, my job is to deliver, like, what the uh, doctor needs to know to perform the autopsy. So, so what's the what's kind of the craziest thing that you've seen out there? Um, I don't know about me, but I mean, I've got stories while I was there. I think the the craziest story I I mean, it's it's crazy and it makes me mad at the same time. There's a story about um, it's it's in the papers so I can like pass links to back it up and show <laughs> folks. But like, um, this, um, grandpa's living with this family for about, I don't know, three or four months after his death. And he's just been decaying in this chair the whole time. And I guess every time they needed to cash grandpa's security check, they would, you know, weaken at Bernie's him. What load the him up. fuck? load him up into the car and like duck down and cash his check, pretend that they were him and they drive him home, you know, put him back in his chair, r- rinse and repeat pretty much. That's um, insanely no, fucked up, it gets, dude. It gets way worse. It gets so much worse. So in this house there lived, you know, maybe a daughter and husband, um, or his his daughter and like and then the kid and the kid would always go into the room and want to play um, with grandpa and he put a gun in grandpa's hand and just be confused why grandpa wasn't shooting him back or every time he shot grandpa grandpa would still be dead and wouldn't move and like like you look at the pictures and like this this guy's falling apart literally falling apart and no one could pick up on well at least I the family played it off like we didn't know we didn't know and they got away with it like there's i'm just i'm jumping ahead so fast but like they got away with it so much the story makes me so mad and you think cps would take the kid away the cps didn't take the kid away that they tried to of course but like it's just so messed up in this state uh you have to send me stuff oh, about this i will like it, it the cop like in this in the in the news article it's like the cops walking up and says you know it smells like a dead body and the family's like no we just thought grandpa smelled like pee oh my god no fucking it's, way it's, it's in the story like it on the line article like, we thought grandpa smelled like pee rotting carcass don't even smell similar even if grandpa smelled like pee fucking take care of grandpa yeah don't let grandpa smell like pee Oh my god, dude! That that is insane. That I, I just don't even. I don't know how that shit happens. 
that's I don't know either. But like off, uh, not on the not in the article. Like they're taking away, they're they're trying to take away the kid. Um, I won't say how I know the story, this part of the story, but they're trying to take away the kid, and uh, the mom says, "No, you can't take away the kid, or take away my kid." Um, we just paid five dollars for a field trip tomorrow. Will I get the five dollars back? Fuck that! Oh my <laughs> it's god! It's so bad. Like it's so bad. Like you, like ah. Uh, and and you know what? As crazy as it is, like, no I way, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, I I I was told it from the person, and I'm like, no fucking way. I can't even write that in a goddamn comic book. No one's going to believe that. Dude, that, I mean, I, that's just, uh, I, be, I totally believe it because just the way, the way this world is, man, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they still have the kid. As far as I know, they still have the kid, and they haven't been in jail for any of that stuff. I wonder how they sleep at night. They're just like, yeah, we just totally use Grandpa for his dead checks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we wow. gotta keep the lights on. We gotta keep Netflix rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Castlevania Three's uh, out today. <laughs> what? That's nuts, man. Holy shit, man. I, yeah, I don't even. I don't know if I can top that one, man. I haven't heard anything like that. That and, wasn't my. That wasn't like anything I saw myself. I saw the pictures and stuff, but um, like mine were very. Like I have like paranormal stuff I can do, but like. It's nothing as crazy as cashing Weekend at Bernie's grandpa. Yeah, yeah. Cashing the checks. Like, like raise it, his hand up on some wire and sign the check, you know what I mean? Like Not far off. Not far off at all. Like, the way that this guy was decomposing, like, it was... Um, I mean, he had to have had no movie. eyeballs. Like, that had to be, like, sunk in his head like fucking they were psycho. Yeah, they were sunk in it, but it was like, um, I guess, street trash? Where, like, it's just drooping off, like, the skin's just drooping off from where the bone is. It's really weird because I have this, like, obsession with melting and, like, face melt. Like, I love those scenes. And I'm not trying to, like, stray off topic talking about this horrible thing, but, you know, you mentioned street trash. And, you know, we just, I, I, I love the, using the element of uh, the melting face or the deteriorate like rapidly decomposing face and shit i i have this weird obsession with it like putting it into comics and stuff like that like everything i write you'll see oh then his face was sinking in his eyeballs it's like disappeared yeah. and sunk into his skull you know yeah i i mean i think that's the cases that got me the most where the folks don't look like people anymore like even if they got like you know mashed up like i can still recognize who they were but like if i get a fire case where someone's you know charred no nah, man nightmares yes. not, not nightmares but like it's gonna take a couple bottles of bourbon for it to go away yes Let's put it that way. yeah dude i and I, I i've never seen a uh like a i've seen like one dead body like about you know pre-funeral but i've never seen like you know like anything that crazy it's really weird i've seen a lot of shit but never that so um keep it that way yeah yeah i know yeah <laughs> seriously like like I, I i got the job and um i don't know what i was I, I don't know i was taking any opportunity that came my way because after 
college, like there was no film, like opportunities coming my way. I don't know where the fuck to go. So then someone says, you know, hey, you want to see a dead body? Yeah. It's like, I, I guess, I mean, I get paid, right? Yep. And uh, I took it. And I was hoping it would open, like, I guess, more doors, uh, funeral homes, um, maybe a corner deputy position in a bigger city. But, like, I did it for a while, and I'm like, nah, nah. I, I think what I hated the most about it was starting a shift and not knowing what you're going to get. Yeah. Like, I can have a shift where I sit and play, you know, fucking Risen Evil all night long and get paid for it because I'm on call. So, you you know, you get paid regardless. So I can play Resident Evil all night long, or I can have a call where, you know, I'm, you know, anything, anything you can think of, anything that's terrible. And I still be paid the same amount of money. And I think that was uh, the thing with it was just like, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, you think you'd be paid for the amount of trauma you're going to get exposed to, you know? (laughs) Right, 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 right. And it's just, uh, I think not knowing what you're going to get is worse than what you're going to get sometimes. I mean, like, I never had anything. Like, the two things that I think were probably the worst were uh, an infant death uh, and the charred um, bodies that I talked about earlier. Like, those were the two that were like, no. Have you no, ever no, seen no, no. True Detective uh, Season 1? Yeah, I love that. Okay, yeah, that just reminded me of what Marty says is the reason he quit the force. He's like, I saw a baby in the the oven or was it the microwave or something but yeah he like that's what made him quit working on the force you know and that was yeah. just like out of all this shit you've seen and terrible stuff you've seen you know like that's the one thing that finally just nope I'm done you know that, so. that, that would be mine like I think and he Al Pacino says like you know he's like coming home yelling at his wife and he's saying like I saw a mom that threw her baby in the microwave and couldn't stand it crying anymore it's like, no, like, no, I'd be fucking done. Yeah. I'd, be, I'd be out the door. Like, I'd not, I would complete the case. I would do my job. I would do everything I needed to do. But, like, once it's done, it's like, fuck this. I think with that um, infant death, like, that was a day What that was going to be one of my last weekends on call that I had, and it was a homicide followed by a that infant death at the end of my shift which was about half an hour before it was going to end and i'm like no fuck this i can't do it anymore i'm out like like if i like no just like fate aligned on that one to really make me sure was this was this this. before or not that it matters but um, you have kids right yeah How, how many you have uh two at the time of the death i had uh one See, it's weird because, you know, and, and I've always, you know, always infant death is not totally, totally something that is, you know, shocking. But after, I don't know, after you have kids, you get this weird, I don't know, it's it's like this instinct, this like total primitive instinct. But like stuff like that just totally freaks me out. Like the whole scare right now with the coronavirus, the first thing I look up is, oh, what's the infant mortality rate? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about me. I see what, yeah. you know, what, what's going on with the kids or like the whole tornado in Nashville, you know, first thing I'm thinking, yeah. I was like, Oh, how many kids got hurt? You know what I mean? That's, yeah. Yeah. those are just, those, these weird anxieties that get created. Um, yeah. 
when that's where a lot of my horror shorts came from is just being afraid of being a parent yeah oh that's what i was about to say man that's yes that like drives a lot of my a lot of my you know maybe and it's weird because a lot more of my interest and i've always been into horror but it just there's had this resurgence of uh creativity after my first son was born and it's a lot of it comes from anxiety exactly exactly me too it's um and like man we took a sids class in school or for coroner um studies uh, to get certified sids is scary kids sids is um they call it sooty now but like it's it's everybody knows it's sids um man it's just you don't know any of that stuff the case i had was i don't know it wasn't it wasn't sids it was um just accidental on the parents part but like what's also scary from the other end like you know you're worried about as a parent but like if you see how these other folks investigate this stuff it's also scary because like let's say you're um getting on the deep end on this one <laughs> um lower income they think automatically like you fucked up yeah and like i'm talking to these people the the, the parents that have died and like i'm just talking to them like they're like they're saying like, oh, the house stank, blah blah blah, and like, look at this house, it's all messy. They they did this. And they're just brushing it off as nothing, and it's like, I look at the pictures. I'm like, yeah, it's messy, but and I know I know how the baby died, and it was definitely you know um, the parents' fault. But like, damn, like we can't brush this shit off. Like that's scary to me too, right there. That's another little horror story. Of, I don't know, like it can be lumped into and brushed off, but depending on what you make it's not worth investigating. It's all scary. It, like, yeah. Being a, yeah. a, a, a parent scary enough. I'm like being like a lower income parents way fucking worse. Yeah, dude. Oh man. And it's weird because you know, I, I work with people from all walks of life. I, I'm a, I work at a restaurant. So like I'm working with all these people, you know, they might be lower income. They might, you know, just, they might be just, you know, someone trying to make extra money being a server, but you know, most of them have kids too. And it's just like, it's so crazy how certain people will throw lower income parents under the bus, you know, it's like, Oh dude, well they don't give a fuck about their kids. You know what I mean? And I'm like, damn man, they got four kids and they're trying to fucking hustle to make their kids have food. You know what I mean? Cause they don't have people to help them, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's just a whole, just a whole, just a whole, just big, gap in classes and shit and we know that from horror movies and stuff and that's what a lot of horror movies talk about you know yeah i learned more about the world from you know a fucking horror movie than i have to actually live in it to be honest of course yeah of course you know and and i the more i watch these especially older movies you know when you watch them when you're a kid you don't really get it you don't even think about it it's just like oh shit Mm -hmm. i was scared of that but then you watch it again when you're older and you're like oh shit holy you know this is totally like you watch escape from New York as an adult and you're like, Oh, now I get it. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, just, it's, it's crazy. Or assault on precinct 13. You watch, especially carpenter flicks. You watch carpenter flicks and you're like, Holy shit. You're David Cronenberg. You watch those movies and these guys were straight up touching on these. And sometimes it's even like prophetic in a weird way, uh, of how they predict what happens in the world. You know what I mean? So it's definitely crazy. I mean, that's in horror comics, too. Like, I'm sure you've been touched upon this. 
comics are too political, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But, like, man, like, I fucking grew up with that in horror. I was just watching Dawn of the Dead on VHS before we got into this. Like, that's, that's, that's the horror that I've known, like, my whole life. It's always been, like, there. Like, I can always pick up on it, even as a kid. Like, Night of Living Dead. It's a black guy in the 60s. Like, I didn't know it was the 60s at the time, but I know black and white. And this, you know, this conflict between a white guy, straight lace with a tie, a white guy and a black guy. I can pick up on that as a kid. Yeah. Even though I didn't grow up in that era. And it's just, that's what's always been there. And so... I don't know. I would like to see horror comics do more of that stuff. Me too. I I feel like it's not even... I, I don't know. And I, I hate to be the guy that's like critiquing shit all the time and just running my fucking mouth. But, I mean, a lot of horror comics now, it's like... And there are good ones out there. There are great ones out there. But a lot of them, to me, are... They're very on the nose, which is fine. And, and that's not what I'm upset about. But a lot of them, I feel like, are basically taking superhero storylines and putting yeah. them in comics you know what i mean yeah it's just kind of like we get it but there's some really good I, ones there, there are really good ones out there true i think my biggest problem with horror comics today is not necessarily like trying to make any kind of statement it's just they don't they blend genres yeah they, it's it, it's either a horror action comic a horror sci-fi comic um but we don't have anything that's like just slow pace, slow burn, let it be, you know, scary. It's a horror fantasy. You'll see a lot of horror fantasy, dark fantasy. You'll see a lot of horror sci-fi. You'll see a lot of horror action. Um, but we don't like it's people called Shozen um, a horror comic. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I fucking love horror, but that's, that's not, that's not a horror comic. Like that's, that's just dark fantasy. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just like a, I don't know, dark carnival fantasy. I I have a I I really like Shozen because of I have an obsession with carnivals as well. I don't know why they've always. I don't either. I do too. They scared yeah. me as a kid, and then as I get older, I get obsessed with the stuff I was scared of. Like example, like puppets. I love puppets. Mm-hmm. I have this thing with the archetype of the puppet or the archetype of the clown. I have this obsession with sad clowns. Like I always try to like figure out how to put clowns into my stories and you know it never really works out like i've got one right now where i just like threw it in there and i'm hoping it working out but like like i said like carnivals have this weird i don't know if it's this outer world element to it that it's not part of normal society because they are kind of like you know uh defects of normal society you know there's something i can't touch on it with either like it's i watched uh us yeah us and like, that's so so weird you said that because that's what i was thinking about the scene yeah. how us has had a carnival you know there's something there i don't know what it is the house of like, mirrors it's so weird like just uh, there there's an episode of are you afraid of the dark uh about zebo the clown and yeah they, they yeah. go into it's like the second episode they go into the fun house and that shit i don't know what it is it just still to this day the idea freaks me the fuck out I can't, I, I still can't put my finger on like, yeah, why carnival? Like I was, <laughs> I, <laughs> excuse me. I couldn't like size up like what it was scary about carnivals. Cause I always thought it was, I don't know, man. Like 
a shows that I just pulled from like Bradbury, everybody I knew, and like you know, uh, Bradbury did um, what's his what's his big carnival one? Uh, uh, something wicked something this way comes. Yeah, that's like, totally what I thought about too. When I, I I was reading, I was like, oh man, that's so cool. Because I love I love that novel, novel man. It's, it's so much fun, and like I don't know, like it's just like there's things that you grow up with horror that you don't have time to size up. Like I pulled from horror tropes. I didn't pull from anything that I experienced that scared me as a kid. But like carnival at night is not a carnival during the day. No, yeah, totally different at all like you see that in us where it's like you're like the dad's a different person like you you don't even know like who the dad was during the day but at night like he's drunk he's loose he's not like all there to be protective over the girl and like they're fighting uh, the mom and dad like you know that's not who they are during the day and just the rides don't look the same when they're lit up. They don't look, you know, you see different angles of the rides or the signs, I guess, the advertisements. Like, Us does a good job of capturing that. So does Lost Boys, of course. Yeah, Lost Boys. And that's the same carnival, I think. The same, or the same pier. In, no kidding. Yeah, the same. I think they say in Us, he's, uh, they say they're shooting a movie here. Cause, and they're talking about Lost Boys because in that time, Lost Boys was being shot. And where is it? Santa Barbara, I think. Santa Barbara or yeah. something like that. So it's the same uh, yeah. pier in that movie. And I'm sure that he had a hand in that somehow. Did um, not know that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the whole idea of a carnival. And we have like fairs here. Um, really weird story. I, I think I was 16, 15. And it's one of the last trips I ever took with my dad. And we, we don't really have like a very... We have a close relationship, but we're more like we're like buddies now. But this mm-hmm. was like the last trip we had that we were like father and son, and it was a work okay. trip. And he worked for a company that sold like big buildings, so he was like basically like he was had a kiosk at this big fair trying to sell this stuff. So I was just roaming around with an iPod and a camera at you know fourteen, fifteen, whatever. I, I don't remember. But I was in my teens, early teens, and I was walking around this carnival from morning to night because he was working. And, man, it was just like, like you said, day and night. Day, it's, like, totally different. It's, like, hot, and there's just people running around. And then at night, it's, like, it starts thinning out, and there's a totally demographic of people there. And there was, like, a big Ferris wheel, like, going around, you know, just total archetypal, just typical carnival. But there was a bat that got into one of the areas, and there was this bat flapping around and everyone was like all freaked out about it and it's just you know it's not really like anything crazy it's just i just remember all these weird little mishaps that happened at this carnival and it was just like some crummy carnival in west virginia like you know (laughs) it's just like the west virginia state fair you know yeah yeah like that little stuff will stay with you for a long time like (coughs) that sorry catching up (coughs) been sick for last week but yeah like that that, that that little things will catch up to you like that stupid sleepwalking dream with me like it'll stay with you for a long time like just like that's people say nightmare fuel learn how to use that fuel to <laughs> power your stories right right yeah totally agree um that's what that's where that fuel should go like don't let it power you know your your dreams make it power your stories and sometimes you don't really know where that stuff comes from. I feel like 
say you're yeah. writing a story and it's just like, why am I writing this? You think about it, you're like, this reminds me of that one time this happened yeah. when I was like eight years old. So, yeah, it, that, that Stargazer was like, they, they pitched the story to me. They told me they wanted roughly about a person who, as a kid, was abducted and later on realized that they were actually abducted, but they were also an uh, astronomer and that there was a government conspiracy. And that was pretty much it. And everything from that, like, like that's, that's, a, that's bare bones, something to build off of. And that's where, um, all the crazy stuff I had as a kid growing up came into that. Like everything from the abduction story came into it. Everything that, um, between me and my brother came from and it was just it was the first time i made a story that was actually kind of organically built and didn't pull from uh, horror stories or horror movies i knew like or shows was just straight bradbury lovecraft yeah uh, universal monsters uh uh todd brownie's freaks like this is the first time that a story just came straight from my background i guess and so just yeah, you know, save that stuff. You never know when you're going to need it. <laughs> I always thought like I wouldn't use stuff from my background unless I ran out of ideas. And here I am on like my second comic. Just <laughs> from the background already. Ah, I, it turned I, out well. I noticed um, there was like just little things in uh, Stargazer that was like just kind of like made me start thinking of all these like alien things that used to scare me as a kid. Like, um, do you, what was that phone call on the show? It was like a, it's like a guy from, I just was talking about it with my girlfriend yesterday. Um, uh, it's like a phone call of a guy, you know, he calls into a show and he's like, it's where area 51. He's like all like, freaked Oh out. yeah. 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 That's, um, God damn it. Yeah. Art Bell. Yeah. Art uh, Bell, Art Bell show. Yeah. The Art Bell show. I listened to that a lot. Like I, I thought for the longest time that was real. It's not. Um, no, I'm sorry, man. Dude. Oh my god, dude. I still. I'm 30 years old almost, and I thought that was real. My, ever since I heard it. Yeah, man. I'm sorry to, to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, that one's not real. I mean, like, as far as we know, it's not real. Art Bell. Uh, what, what's this show called? Do you know? Coast to Coast. Was that it? Yes. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, like, someone's listening to this right now screaming at the radio. Yeah. <laughs> coast to coast. Coast to coast. Yeah. That's so it's, upsetting. Uh, How did you find out it was fucking fake? He called back in. Oh, he, shit. He called I'm back in and he explained dude. it. Um, but, yeah, like, for the longest time, that was, like, that. It still scares just, me. Yeah. It, oh, my God. That's uh, Tool used that for their, uh, one of their songs, their opening tracks. Yeah, so that, did uh, The Faceless, the band The Faceless. They had a whole album called Planetary Duality about alien abduction stuff, and that's one of the first times I heard it was one of their intro songs. They yeah. used the Art Bell track, and I was like, where is this? And then I listened to it alone and, like, by myself. And, dude, it, like shit like that scares the shit out of me when I'm by myself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's 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 the song that starts. I made a, I made a playlist for Stargazer. And UFOs sampling of that like interview is like what starts Stargazer. Stargazer started as like a horror story. I wanted to make like all the scary shit that scared me, you know, as a kid with UFOs be in this comic. And like Stargazer started that way and like it didn't end that way at all. And I don't know. 
I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's such, it's such a great comic for doing that. Cause it, that's not the direction the story needed to go, but like, man, I really want to tell like a scary, like UFO story sometime. Oh man. There's like, yeah. UFOs. Like I said, you were talking about the book fair earlier, like classic book fair. And I've yeah. talked to you about this book before the alien encyclopedia. And it's like a kid's book, man. And uh. it's, but it's got real aliens alien stories and fake ones so it's got like it's like a cyclopedia you can look up the xenomorph which i think it wasn't oh, even okay. it doesn't even have it wasn't even labeled as a xenomorph it was just like alien alien and then it has the thing <laughs> and uh it has you know whatever shit from star trek and stuff like that it has star wars aliens in it but there's these real stories and there's like this oh dude i used to just stay up all night getting scared of it like there's one about these like little hairy dwarfs that would that came out of a spaceship and attacked this guy's house in like 1967 and they have these little drawing renderings of it in the corner there's one of an alien that was like really tall and sinister which i always think of the movie without warning it's a old 80s fucking alien movie but it's like this tall gray alien with a big head and like this like cape on but there's a weird smell like sulfur shit smell that follows this alien and it made everyone sick and they were like thrown up and this alien appeared from this fog. And it's like, this is like real accounts from people like, you know, and, and literally it used to just scare the shit out of me. Like I used to read those, like just like paranormal little short quips and yeah. get terrified as a kid. Yep. That's what did like, that's why I slept with a stick with a needle wrapped around it as a kid. Cause I saw those pictures and I'm like, these motherfuckers had big eyes. I've got a little needle. I can yeah. fucking make it. Yes. <laughs> like I, I can't do, I can't do much, but I can poke those motherfuckers. Eyes out. I, I've talked about this before. Like I think in one of our paranormal episodes when Seth was on the show and, um, I, the, I, I had this knock on my door inside the house and I got up and I went down the hall and it was like one o'clock. It was a school night too. I was like, what the what the hell does my mom want? You know, I was probably like 10, 11, 12. I don't know. So I walked mm-hmm. down the the hall and I was like, mom, what do you want? Do you guys want something? They're like, what? I was like, I just got a knock at my door. And it was like a loud knock. It was like a, yeah. you know what I mean? And, yeah, I do. you know, I opened the door. I was like, hello, hello. I just thought it was my mom. And she's like, it wasn't me. So they jumped up. My mom, my stepdad, checking all the locks, looking in the closet, man. And... I'm like freaking out. I was like, holy shit. And then I slept in my room. I don't know why. Did I want to be scared or something? But uh, slept in my room and made like a trap out of like string and my telescope. Good. I'm not alone with the needle. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, I, that's what it reminded me of. Like, you know, I like made like a, a booby trap in front of my window of like, if anyone's going to come in, they're going to get hit with this fucking Pee Wee Herman fucking breakfast machine booby trap, you know? <laughs> And yeah. yeah, like I stayed up all night and it was a school night. You know what I'm saying? I went to school the next day, like tired as fuck. But, um, yeah, yeah. Like I totally understand the, the fear is real. And you know, sometimes I miss that. I'm looking for that, that real fear in, you know, no, man, no, you know, no, no, I, we don't I, need that no more. I, I <laughs> am though. Like I'm, I'm looking for it in a way like with movies and stuff. I used to be like terrified oh, yeah, of yeah. movies, you know, like not the, yeah. not definitely not the, the real deal. Like I don't want a killer walking in my house or anything, but no, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, like even with movies, like the fear that I used to get from horror movies, like was very real and very similar to that same feeling that I got from the knock on the door. And I, you'll I get that get with that your anymore. kids. Yeah. No, you'll get that with your kids. And like, 
just last night, like my little girl was up and screaming about a bug in her bed, like just blood curdling screaming about a bug a bug in her bed, and it's like, uh, it's it's. <laughs> you look back, we look back on it now. Yeah, yeah. Like, and we're like, oh, that was so much fun. <laughs> and then you see the terrifying, like, you know, face on your kids. You know, oh, it's so awful. It's it's so bad, and I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like if it was something that was. Man, like it, it, like I, my imagination is, it, it builds very fast. So a bug in the bed is like something I could brush off pretty quick. She says something like, "If it gets more detailed than a bug in the bed, like something in the closet," I'm like, "Get the fuck out of this room!" Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Go. We're sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> well, you think you know you, you're like, oh man, I have to, I have to defend you know your blood, and then you're like, what the fuck can I be up against? Oh, like, oh no, I I would so get my tan tan, tan trench coat out of the closet, and light a cigarette, and be John Constantine and face that thing. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> like no, we, we no, not in my house. Well, our house but. is kind of old, and you hear these clanky noises sometimes. Like the other morning, mm-hmm. you know, my girlfriend gets up at like five in the morning to go to work so i'm i'm laying in there with the kids and she's like hey i'm like what like what what is it what's going on she's like i think i just heard the toilet flush in the basement i was like what i was like no you did not so i'm like getting up trying not to wake up the kids and i'm like looking around the house thinking like uh maybe i should lock the fucking doors so before she left for work i was like lock that basement door she's like why are you scared i was like no just in case you never know yeah don't want them getting in you know yeah so it's uh, I was going to save it for, I know, maybe a paranormal episode down the road, but I'll, I'll try to tell as fast as I can. But with the corner, like, I I always thought I was going to get something scary eventually, and, like, not very long after I, I got something that was kind of paranormal I couldn't explain. Um, my first decom case came in, and, like, I didn't know how to handle it. I'd never had a decom before. So I called someone to help me out and I got to the scene and it wasn't like decomposing at all. This person was mummified. Uh, so it just, the room didn't smell a lot, but the person was just like bone thin, tight leather skin. Uh, I sunken in and, um, a lot of blood around, but the, the blood came from the person coughing up. So the person coughed up a lot of blood and just collapsed on their, uh, living room floor. So we eventually moved the person to, you know, transport the body and all these maggots just fell out oh. of the head. It was just full of maggots and the smell came out and everything. And I'm like, nah, man, like I got to put him back down. I got to step out for a second. Let me get some air. That is some, some fulci shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. It is. It'll get more fulci here soon. And, uh, so we, uh, I got, I got some air, came back, and this is at night. Um, hey, so hold on, the- hold on. I'm so sorry. One, one second. I got to get my charger to my phone. I just realized it's Absolutely. about to die. Okay, you still there? Yep. All right, cool. Continue with the Fulci. Um, so we got the body bagged, and I transported the body to the hospital, dropped it off. And I came back home, and it was late at night, and uh, my wife was sleeping. This is before we had our kid. And... Um, just try to shower off as much as that stench as I could after that. And then crawled into bed and, uh, try to sleep. And then she used to have night terrors all the time. She'd wake up in the middle of the night, just screaming like, excuse me, <clears throat> wake up in the night screaming. And, 
it just became so commonplace. I would just shove her. <laughs> you're screaming again. You're screaming again. Go back to sleep. So she did it that night, and like you know, you're screaming again. You're screaming again. Like it was worse than it usually was. But like I'm so fucking tired. I need to just like get done with this day that I had about this decom case. So I told her, you know, go back. She's like, go back to sleep. It's okay. It's okay. And so the next day we had friends come over, and I'm just ready to fucking de-stress. Like they bring over a case of beer, put in the garage, and we're all kind of hanging out. And I go in the garage to like, you know, grab another beer. And I, I start talking like my wife and I didn't have time to talk about the night at all because I had to go straight to my other job and uh, finish that up and come back home. So I bring my buddy in the garage and I just tell him like, you know, like oh, I had this body. It was a decom case. I moved him and all these maggots fell out of his head. I came home. My wife was screaming and I was just uh, letting it all out. And he's like, oh, OK, yeah, 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 yeah. I came inside. And uh, we already had a couple of beers from the garage. And I'm like, I told my wife, like, what were you dreaming about? What are you screaming about? She's like, I was just like, she said, like, oh, I was laying on the ground. Um, these people came into the, our house and they tried to move us or move me. And when they moved me, all these bugs fell out of my head. And I just looked at my buddy and I'm like, holy shit. How do you dream about something like that? That was the worst. And like, she dreamt about literally my corner case. And like ever since after that, we heard um, doors close in the bathroom, like cabinet doors closed in the bathroom, uh, things closed in the kitchen. Like, I don't believe in that shit, but I can't ignore any of that that was witnessed by all of us. I'm right there with you, dude. I don't believe in any of it, but it's strange how things unfold sometimes you know there's no fucking way yeah there's no fucking way for her to have that kind of dream about bugs falling out of her head having a night terror and me not telling her about it and then just hearing like like i don't know man i can brush off the the cabinet doors closing and shit like that like we're not used to our house yet. We're pretty new here, so we can I, I can brush that off, but there's no way that I can brush off a night terror after having a you know, experience like that. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> that's something to remember. Um that's I have ugh. I have one more, but I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it. Take me back because it's gonna take a lot more time to say it, tell it. Okay. Well we'll we'll hold hold off on the, we the next one. Um, we're we're going on like an hour and ten minutes now, and I really don't want to go over that. It's like eleven thirty. Um, but uh, if dude, like, what do you have anything coming up that you would like to touch on that you haven't touched on so far in the show? If anything you want to mention, anything you want to shout out? I need a lot of help with uh, Dream Space and Stargazer, <laughs> guys. Um, yeah, read, read, read. Uh dream space it's for free and check out stargazer um in may uh the pre-order date's coming up on that so if you guys want to check anyone that wants to check out a copy um just message me and i'll try to hook you up as best i can there's a five page preview if you're a reviewer or a, a comic pro just uh message me and uh i'll get the whole issue to you is uh um so is stargazer is it gonna be something that we can get at our local comic book shop. 
For sure. There's a preview code online. I'm sorry. I don't know it, guys, right now. But, oh, you're um, good. Just, just Google search Stargazer previews. You'll get it. Uh, Newsarama has the five-page preview. Um, it's it's straight up. It's, it's a Stephen King story directed by Steven Spielberg. I think folks will like it a lot. It uh, starts out horror, um, becomes very, very sci-fi later on. And it, it's personal. Um, I mean, as far as family drama, I would I would compare this to Hereditary. Um, this is Hereditary meets uh, Stephen King and uh, Steven Spielberg. That's so very good. That's a great mix-up, actually. Um, uh, do you do you want to maybe do your Twitter handle? Do you have that? Maybe some other social media handles people can follow you, keep up with. Yeah, my uh, Twitter is at ant underscore Cleveland. Um, just like the city, I don't know how I also felt the same way. Same with the IG. I don't do too much IG, on IG, but uh, I'm happy to follow other folks. I'd like to see what you know, good art and stuff. All right, guys, that is Anthony Cleveland joined us today talking about Stargazer from Mad Cave Studios. Go check it out. Coming out May, what'd you say? May 6th. May 6th. Be sure to pre-order that stuff. Get the first issue. Please read Show's End as well. It's a great story. Um, this is Graveland Usual Lives. We are finishing up. If you want to follow us on Graveland Usual on every social media across the board at Graveland Usual, uh, check out issue three. It is going fast. We have a lot of new cool stuff coming up. Um, so just keep updated guys and we will see you next time. I will talk to you later, Anthony. See you, Ben. Thanks for having me. Later.